Welcome to MedTech Connect, a digital health regulations podcast from Sightline and MedTech Insight. I'm your host, Hannah Daniel, U.S. regulatory reporter. Every month, we interview a digital health regulations expert about the latest and greatest in digital health, from cybersecurity to AI to the fight to protect medical data. New episodes come out monthly, so make sure to follow Pharma Intelligence on your favorite podcasting platform. In this episode, I talked to Sanjay Valetti, a LiveCourse chief business officer, about a LiveCourse patent infringement case against Apple. In his opinion, taking on a tech giant like Apple and being able to score some wins in the legal system really emphasizes that intellectual property, or IP, matters in this space. We talk about a LiveCourse case, the timeline of it, and what it means to be a small company going up against a tech giant. Sanjay, thank you so much for being here, speaking to me today about your company's case against Apple and digital health patent law. So before we start, do you mind introducing yourself? Yep. So thank you very much for having me on here, Anna. I really appreciate the opportunity. So I'm Sanjay Valeri. I'm the Chief Business Officer at AliveCore. Um, as part of that role, I manage our international sales, I manage our business development, supply chain. I've been here for about uh, four years, and prior to this, I was at Amazon, where I ran product and engineering for Alexa. So just to kind of give an overview about this podcast, um, we've been running for just about a year, and we usually speak about digital health regulations. So a lot of times we're focusing on policy guidelines from the FDA. But to start off the year, I wanted to look at something on a little bit of a different side of regulations, which is patent law. So to kind of kick us off, there are these two major cases against Apple right now. We have a live course, and then we also have Massimo's, which has been in the news recently for the import bans that have been, you know, off and on. So do you mind walking us through a live course case against Apple and then maybe kind of talking about what's been going on in the news with Massimo as well? Sure. Yeah. Let me let me start off with the live course side of it because that's the one that I'm, I'm the most familiar with. So to begin with, let's just start with some of the key milestones. So back in 2012, uh, we developed the technologies at the core of this litigation, which is our ECG technology. And in 2015, there, Jeff Williams at Apple invited our founder, Dr. David Albert, to come and talk about our product called the Cardia Band. We launched the Cardia Band, which is an accessory to the Apple Watch in 2016. And then in 2018, the Apple Watch Series 4 was launched, which had the ECG capability built in. And then 2020, 2021 was when a life course sued Apple for patent infringement and antitrust violations. We also filed a complaint at that time with the ITC. Um, and then since then, both parties have been engaged in, in ongoing litigation. Um, then moving forward a bit, in December 2022, the ITC ruled in favor of a life course. And they imposed a, a limited exclusion order or an import ban on the Apple Watch models that had the uh, infringing ECG technology. That ITC ruling goes to the president for a presidential review. So President Biden had an opportunity to look at it, and he declined to veto it. So he passed his review. But the enforcement of the ban was actually put on hold pending resolution of some other disputes that are going on between the two parties. So just before the ITC final determination came out, Apple actually countersued a life core for, for some uh, patent violations. 
they filed that in the Northern District of California. And as part of that, what AliveCore did was we filed what's called a IPR or a set of IPRs against those same patents with the, with the PTAP. A subset of those um, IPRs have been instituted. And since they were instituted, that actual lawsuit, the countersuit in the Northern District of California that Apple filed against us has now been put on hold. But that's basically where the things stand. And one thing to keep in mind is the fact that they filed this countersuit just days before the ITC ruling came out. I mean, that tells you a little bit about kind of the playbook that Apple is playing from, right? Essentially, it's a countersuit to essentially try to bully us into submission, you know, run our bills up, play that game. So we're going to fight this. We're going to go through the process. We have strong belief in, in the legal system that the right thing will come out of this. This is all about respect for our IP rights. We have a business we've built separately based on our devices, our AI, our services, both to consumers. Uh, but this is really about our IP and our rights. So that's basically where things stand. There is also... As you may know, we've filed a anti-competition lawsuit against Apple as well. That is expected to go to trial sometime this year. The dates are not yet set. Uh, the judge is reviewing a bunch of briefings and stuff around it. So that's basically the history on the live course side of it. You asked about Massimo, and look, I, I think I know what's available publicly. What I will say, though, is we really commend Massimo for basically what they're doing, like taking on this fight against like the predatory practices and kind of the frivolous litigation and the type of stuff that Apple's engaged in. So that's really what, what I would, would say in that case. Timeline-wise, I think in 2020 was when this actually started. And I think the Series 6 was when Apple introduced the, the blood oxygen sensor. So that's what it's around. And then the ITC just ruled in favor of Massimo again back in December of 2023, similar to the ruling that we got. And that's led to a bunch of things over the last few weeks, which, which are in the news about the ban and then well, potentially the, the change of the feature and then all of those things. You know, what you were saying about AliveCore and the ITC ruling and Apple quickly filing the countersuit, staying the enforcement. I mean, it's it's exactly what's happening with, with the Massimo case. Okay, I just wanted to interrupt the interview really quickly and give a quick recap of what's going on with the Massimo case. And there will also be stories in the related reading of coverage we've done of the cases. So Massimo is suing Apple over pulse oximetry patent infringement. And the past few weeks have been a little bit of a roller coaster. And it kind of started with the International Trade Commission siding with Massimo and putting this import ban in place, which could have been vetoed by the Biden administration, and they did not do that. So the import ban went into place on December 26th, but the next day Apple filed a case with the Federal Court of Appeals to essentially stay the process and pause the import ban. So the offending watches, which were the Series 9 and the Ultra 2 models, were allowed back on the market. Recently, Customs and Border Patrol also announced that they would allow import of specific Apple Watches that did not have the pulse oximetry feature. And around the same time that that was announced, the Federal Court of Appeals refused to extend the motion to stay or the pause on the import ban. So basically, Apple's only hope or their only avenue for importing these watches is the decision from Customs and Border Patrol, which is to have a software update to remove the pulse oximetry feature. And that was just all in the past month. There are still some open cases between the two parties. Okay, now back to the interview. Kind of touching on, you know, what this Massimo case means, the 
import ban, you know, made really huge news, especially since uh, the ban happened right around the Christmas season during the holidays. Alivecore released a statement commending Massimo. So do these wins for Massimo maybe mean more for Alivecore? Are you guys reading into them? You know, I know each case is separate, but it seems like these are some significant wins. Yeah, so I think, like I said, these are separate cases, but the, the key the key thing to point out is this is the second time in I think less than 12 months that the president has let stand an ITC limited exclusion order on Apple Watches. I think that says a lot about what's happening in this space. And really, it comes back to us. This is a validation of basically the fact that IP matters, patents matter. And that's well, innovation matters and patents are what help them, right? And the benefit of all of this is to the end consumer. You get choice, you get the best performing products that help you. And we will continue to fight for this intellectual property to be respected, um, make sure the right and the best products get to market. We're confident in the outcome of the litigation because we believe the right things happen like they should. You know, uh, the results will be will be what we want them to be. But again, I, I want to reiterate: we have built an existing business that's kind of independent of 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 this litigation in some ways, right? It's our devices, AI services. But what we take from this is patents, IP really do matter, and small companies that are innovating should um, take heart from the fact that a big giant with all its resources still has to pay attention to that. Right. You can't miss the boat on some some tech and decide to integrate it and then just do whatever you want while not looking at who actually developed the IP. And that's really what we take heart from it. And that's what all, all other smaller companies that are trying to innovate in the space should take heart from. Yeah, and I guess we're kind of seeing this intersection or I guess competition between med tech companies and tech companies like Apple as we're integrating health tech and med tech into digital wearables into just our everyday tech. So do you have advice for smaller companies that are going to potentially face similar situations in the future um, for taking on a tech giant like Apple? You're right. This goes beyond just a life goal on Apple, right? It's basically every small company, every future innovation that's going to come out, right? There's the risk of getting suppressed by a big client, right? Like Apple. So the underlying thing here is like I said, big company missed a boat on some tech and they decided they want to catch up. Again, I'll go back to what I said before, which is IP and patents matter. So make sure that that you put that in place. And we're putting our trust in the legal system. Right? We're, we're working through it. There's appeals going on. We'll work our way through that. Um, and that's basically the main takeaway here. Make sure you have IP, make sure you have patents and aim for respect for what you what you built. Okay. Well, Sanjay, thank you so much for speaking to me about the case and um, taking some time to be here today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, it was very nice to talk to you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from EdTech Insight, you can find them under the podcast tab on our website. And if you'd like to hear more from our sister publications, you can follow Pharma Intelligence on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn. Thanks for listening and keep an eye out for more MedTech Connect episodes every month. <laughs>